Welcome back, travelers, to Relish the Journey. As always, I'm your host, Miles Biggs. And before we get into this week's episode, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on your podcast listening app of choice so that you never miss an episode. This week's episode is an interesting one. I'm joined by Kat and Matt of Unstoppable by Design, which is a play and soon-to-be book about Matt's life. Kat reached out to Matt through a website where she heard his story and asked him out of the blue, can I write a play about your life? And the rest is history. They're about a year into this. The play is done and out there and being performed. A book's on the way. Podcasts are on the way. More things are on the way. And it's a wild, twisty road of how the two of them went from being strangers to partners in creating something all based on Matt's life. So pretty wild, but also pretty cool. I know you'll enjoy this one. First, I want to say thank you because I don't know if the two of you know this or not, but you're the first guests to text me in general and say that they want to be on the show. I've had people email and call, but this is the first time my phone buzzed and I had a text podcast related. So that was kind of cool for me. So thank you for reaching out and for wanting to be a part of it. Great. Thank you for having us. So, Kat, I'm going to start with you because you were the one that initiated the conversation. And yes. your little in a nutshell spiel was um, pretty big nutshell, first of all. And there's a lot of details to unpack there. But for people wondering who the heck are Kat and Matt, why don't you why don't you give me that nutshell breakdown of who the two of you are, how you met, and you know what we're going to get into this evening. Um, well, I'm Kat, and I'm a retired uh, high school teacher and who also writes plays. And Matt, uh, you can introduce yourself. So, yeah, so um, I am a uh, mechanical designer. I work on a uh, chemical weapons destruction project here in Kentucky, and i uh, I've had an interesting life, and uh, that's kind of what drew Kat to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Kat, how'd you, how'd you find Matt? Well, it was, it was pretty unusual. Um, you know, he's had a very interesting life, and I've just had a weird life. But, um, you know, like, really strange things always seem to happen to me. And um, in 2017, and, and actually this month of September, um my father had gone to the ER for abdominal pain and they had admitted him to the hospital and, um, you know, it seemed like everything was going to be okay. Just, um, he had some dehydration and just a few things like that. So, uh, called the next morning. He was doing well, improving. Everything was looking good. So um, we go to the um, emergency, I mean, we go to the hospital, my mother and I, and when we get there, uh, there are people standing outside of my father's room, look like hospital workers, and, um, you know, they say that my father has, has died, and, uh, of course, I'm hysterical because my father and I were extremely close and they had just told me like a couple hours before he was doing so much better. So, um, you know, I, I just, it was the worst news that ever could be in my entire life because my father was always like the 
my person. And so they want us to go in and like they say, they have him ready for us to view and that kind of thing. And I mean, I can't even just like deal with any of that because I, I'm, I can't even believe what they've told me. And so I asked if there's like a room because I just assumed like if they ever had news like that to tell you, they would take you someplace because I'm like hysterical and people in the other rooms are kind of, you know, it was just awful. Just like the worst thing that you could imagine. And so this goes on for about 30 minutes. And then uh, my father, I see in a wheelchair being wheeled down the hallway towards me. uh, And he's alive, (laughs) sitting up and, you know, oblivious to anything like that's going on, except for me being hysterical. And so he's like, what's wrong with you? And, you know, I'm thinking like, Am I hallucinating? Am I seeing a ghost? What's going on? Right. That's wild. I I can't like uh, just, I can't figure it out because I'm in like this horrible state of thinking he's dead. And then you you see what you can't believe that you could be seeing. Um, So it was a patient mix up. And uh, my father, you know, was very much alive, which I was very thankful for, but also very traumatized from, as you can imagine, because it was real for those 30 minutes. And uh, you just can't really, I can't anyways, bounce back from one emotion to another. But then the next, uh, you know, so we spend the rest of that day with him and everything is as as well as it can be after something like that. And um, go home. So glad that day is over and barely go to sleep a couple hours after I do. The phone rings. I see it's the hospital. And, um, you know, this time they say again that my father, um, you know, his heart rate is slowing, need to come to the hospital. Uh, and, and I'm thinking, you know, you just told me that he was dead. You know, this can't be real either. Like, what would be the chances that, you know, he could be having problems after this big mix up that we just had? So, um, you know, maybe five minutes after that, she calls back and says that he's passed away. And, um, so that was more than I could just deal with. And for the rest of that year and then most of last year, I just was taking up space in the world, but not really interacting with people or with life, or I was just in some kind of, um, I don't know, some kind of state of mind that just, uh, isolated me from everything. So on Halloween of last year, and so I was looking through Quora, just scrolling through like mindlessly. I probably couldn't tell you most of the things that I even read. Like I see them, I see the words, but like they just didn't mean anything to me. I saw this post and it was about, you know, a younger person, probably in their 20s that was asking like about their life being over because their friends were um, more advanced in their career, making more money. And, you know, was, was this all there was to life? Was it over with? And I was thinking like, you know, you're kind of crazy. I'm, I'm like, my life is over. My dad's died two times in, you know, less than 24 hours. You're, you're like, I mean, you're nothing like this is nothing. This is not a problem. Um, but anyway, so that was my reaction, which was unusual because in general, I'm a really, uh, I would say compassionate person. And, 
worked with him like my whole career, Matt had responded and told a little bit of the things that had happened in his life. So Matt now, had responded to that article or Matt had written that initial article on Cora? No, he had responded. Got to, it. And, and so he had outlined how he had dropped out of high school and then he had gone on to get a job um, at Cornell University. So that did pique my interest, mainly because, you know, in my students that had dropped out, most of them had not um, succeeded and much less gone on to Cornell to have a job. So I was curious, like, how did that happen? And, you know, what what was the secret? So I thought, well, you know, that could make a good play. Um, and that was really the first thought I'd had about writing. So it kind of surprised me. Um, but then I thought, well, I'm just going to, like, write to him and see if he would let me, like, write a play about his life. And the the post, the whole thread was a couple of years old, so I didn't know if it would even reach him. And in hindsight, it probably was like probably not the best idea because, you know, I mean, most of the time you don't just like see something and think, oh, well, I'm going to write a play about them. So you know, I'm going to contact them right now. But at the, I wasn't really in a great state of mind and I wasn't really thinking of like if it made sense or not. I just did it. And uh, so I did it and he responded and I guess that would be where he could pick up the story. Yeah, I'm curious, Matt. It's if it's a few years later out of the blue you get this and you're probably like, "What the heck? Who first who is this lady?" And I forgot I even wrote this. I mean, what was going through your mind at that moment? Um yeah, at first I was like, so I mean, who who is this woman and is she crazy and uh, you know, like um I was a little bit amused by it. Uh, you know, I had answered the guy's question and gotten a lot of good feedback. And, you know, uh, it was probably one of the more, like, popular things that I had written on there. I'd written a couple things. But, you know, it was interesting. And she had a lot of questions and wanted to know a lot about me. And, um, you know, she... She she said I wanted to write a I want to write a play about you and I was like okay <laughs> sure um, a magazine while I was at Cornell a magazine had written an article about me and um, you know I guess they thought that someone who had dropped out of high school never gone to college and uh, ended up designing particle accelerators at an Ivy League university would make an interesting story which you know it was kind of cool. Uh, you know, to me, I was just like, what's the big deal? You know, so it's just my life, you know, it, it's nothing special or whatever. So Kat sent me a list of questions, which I answered, and she used that to write the first draft of the play. Then we proceeded to go back and forth about things. Uh, there were some things in the play that I did, didn't want. Uh, she had me crying at one point in it, and uh, <laughs> I had to cut that scene. Cause <laughs> I like, yeah, no, it no, was no, a no. beautiful <laughs> scene, Miles. It really was. Oh yeah, come on, yeah. guys that make yeah. particle accelerators don't cry. What's up with that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, so what was that? So we, what was that like for you though? Because I, I have a similar mindset to you, where I'm, you know, I don't think I'm anything special, right? I, I some pe- no one's written articles about me, but every once in a while, 
people will say something about this podcast, right? Like, oh, wow, it's so wonderful, or I can't believe you did that, or you're so bold. And I'm just like, what do you mean? This is just what I do for fun. You know, it's not that big a deal. So it must have been pretty surreal. You answer a short questionnaire, and now all of a sudden you're reading act one, scene one of your life in a play. Like, that's pretty yeah, wild. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, the thought of having the play written, I mean, it, she did a really good job with it. And, um, you know, the... The, the part of having the play written was one thing, but then seeing it performed was, was a little bit unnerving. You know, just seeing like scenes from your life, like played out on the stage. It was, that was really crazy. Um, there was, you know, it's, it's hard to know, like, you know, you put yourself out there and like all these things that some things aren't flattering. Um, you know, you put it out there and people will judge, you know, judge those situations and stuff. So it's hard to know where the line is between like what's too, what's saying too much, you know. Um, and I struggled with the fact that I thought, you know, my life is not very interesting and, you know, pretty ordinary and whatever. But uh, Kat showed me that over time she showed me that I, I did actually have something to say and uh you know uh, it, it might help other people to hear those things and uh so that's where you know that's that's what i got from the play and going through the process of writing it and stuff so and so what is what would be the message of the play then right i'm sure it's more than just dropped out of high school now I work at cornell you know, and scene. So what else is going on that you figured out that you had to say or cat, what did you see from his story that you felt like telling? Well, I mean, had I known the whole story, I never would have contacted him because I would, I mean, when I started finding out all these other things, because I really did think it was just going to be like high school dropout because it was going to be a one act play. So I knew that already. And I thought, you know, this would be my focus when I, you know, somebody drops out of high school and they find success like through obstacles. And but I didn't know what the obstacles were. But I mean, then when I like we started talking and getting information and then there were like so many things that had happened in his life from point a to point b and then i'm thinking like okay i've contacted this person they've you know somehow i've got them to agree to let me write the play and now like i don't think i can write it because how am i gonna fit like everything that's happened into 45 minutes on stage and but at you know i couldn't say no at that point because i i mean uh, one, I'm pretty persistent, so I wouldn't allow myself to, to just give up. I still didn't know how I was going to do it. But, you know, I would find out later that there would have, there was a brain tumor. There was uh, two divorces. There was his mother dying early. Uh, you, you know, just a lot of things. And... It really was amazing to me, even more so as I saw the message is that at any of those points, you can give up. A lot of people do give up, but the people that keep on going, you know, what is the secret that is it intrinsic that, you know, it's just something that some people have. 
what it, what is it that makes some people like some people you know if someone breaks up with them their life is over they give up they think that's the end they lose one job you know life's over but what is it about the people that you know they get knocked down and knocked down and knocked down and they keep getting back up what is it that makes someone unstoppable so to me that was the message or that was what kept guiding me to find out more and that had to be pretty therapeutic for you because at the time you were one of those people that had been knocked down father dying twice in 24 hours and like you said sort right. of existing in the world but not really existing so you were that you were that person that kind of needed to hear that message I guess and here you are hearing it and then charged with interpreting it and being a steward of it and sharing it with the world so that's an interesting right. uh I interesting kind of relationship between the two of you at that time i didn't realize that the message was for me that's the first time i've ever written a play that you know that the, i mean I, I the messages i've i always have tried to find important messages in the work that i do but i never had been the audience that i think needed to hear the message the most so it was at that point of meeting matt that i think you know and getting that message that my life changed and um, it, it really is, is almost as much of a change as when my father died. So that sort of took life away and then meeting Matt and his story um, sort of started to bring me back to life. It was a really unusual circumstance that the message I was writing for other people was really for me as well. Yeah. And as you're saying all this, I feel like <laughs> now you can write a movie about writing a play about somebody's life and <laughs> you needing that <laughs> message. I told you that was a good idea. <laughs> oh, has that already been thought of already, huh? I, I think of everything, Miles. You just don't know my mind. Oh, you yeah. probably see some of it, but um, it's like you can... I'm non-traditional for sure. <laughs> So and we 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 are actually writing a book uh, at right now. Um, it's more stories from my life and things that have happened, and uh, you know the lessons that I learned from those things. And um, hopefully that will be done by the end of the year and uh, be out early next year. Well, that's exciting. So I mean, without giving out the whole book because we want people to buy it, what's um. What's one of those lessons from your life, Matt, that people could expect to to see in the book? So I'll, I'll give you a short story. Uh, after my second wife and I had separated, I was living in Ithaca. And it was in the middle of winter. And uh, I was planning my first vacation alone in my 25 years because I had been married twice and, you know, for that long. So I couldn't decide where to go. It's the middle of February, cold as hell in Ithaca, where it snows all the time. So me being a warm weather beach type person, I was thinking, you know, Caribbean, maybe South America, something like that. And uh, I couldn't decide. So one night I decided I would throw a dart and wherever the dart landed, I would go. So uh, 
I would say, well, I'm not going to reveal whether there was alcohol involved or not. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I actually got my map out and got my darts out and aimed low into the left. And it went high into the right and hit the northern part of the Black Sea. So three weeks later, I was on a plane to Odessa in the Ukraine. And uh, that was an interesting thing. Yeah, I can't imagine that's going from a cold place to a warm beachy place. No, it was it was not. But uh, you know, it was more about getting out of my comfort zone and doing something different and unique. And uh, it certainly was. Um, a, a, you know, there was uh, the whole thing of like, what am I going to do when I get there? Um, I don't speak Russian. I don't know anyone there. Uh, Oh, yeah, there's a war going on with the Russians, uh, you know, not too far away. So um, it was a little, uh, you know, it definitely got me out of my comfort zone, I I guess. Uh, uh, Oh, and here's a tip for you. When you're in a country that's at war with their neighbor uh, and you walk up to a metal detector and it goes off, do not reach into your pocket and pull out your shiny cell phone that you forgot to put on the conveyor <laughs> <laughs> because they will tackle you to the ground and, you know, uh, and then when was, you, uh, and then you can't speak the language, it doesn't help your cause either to explain right, right. what it is. Yeah. yeah. After a few tense minutes, you know, we all had a nice laugh about it, but you know, other people were calling me an idiot or whatever. So, um, I guess the lesson learned is to, you know, um, you got to get out there and do things and experience, you know, different things <clears throat> to help you, uh, you know, I get, I guess to help you sort of appreciate your life more, I guess. Uh, uh, one thing that I read that stuck with me is that um, there's a saying that says ships are safe in a harbor, but that's not what they're built for which means you have to, you know, you need to get out there and experience things and do things. So I'm trying to do more of that. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you certainly are. Um, (laughs) So how long has the play been, you know, sort of, I don't know what the word is live. Like, where is it? Where is it? How long has it been performed? There's the word. Um, How long have you Um, been doing it? Since May of this year was Zipper's performance. And what's the, and what's the play called? um unstoppable by design and so it's, it's you know it's pretty much hot off the press uh, i mean we've known each other not even a year yet and um so that's a quick ex- that's a quick process <laughs> yeah I within mean, a we year a, we worked <laughs> really well together and um you know now we're like i would say uh halfway through the book i mean um i don't know we just connect in in a strange kind of way so uh, we're able to get a lot of work done pretty pretty fast yeah i think initially when we when uh you know she sent me the questions and then had the first draft of the play written i think the whole process from beginning to end um and you know to the point that we were satisfied with the play took probably about three weeks is that about right yeah. I think that is about right. Yeah. Wow. That's the, that's crazy. I would have thought it would take much longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she just agreed to everything that I wanted to do. So 
<laughs> that is that part is true. Um, you know, it does make things easier if I agree, and um, then he takes responsibility for if it doesn't work out. It's all on him. So, um, <laughs> oh, a good agreement, uh, actually. Uh, but luckily, I mean, uh, I've agreed, and you know, the the crying scene that he mentioned was in reference to the scene where his mother passes away and, you know, I, I guess because of my own father in that situation that I imagined crying, you know, even, even from him who is definitely not emotional like I am, but, um, you, you know, that was just something that, that he, he came up with, um, a, a different way of expressing that emotion that, and it seemed genuine for him. So, you know, there, there are times where I just imagine things were one way and then he brings a more realistic approach to the way they were for him. And, and so, uh, I'm, I'm just really easy to work with, I think. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, she is definitely. That's great. What I, what I love about this whole sort of oh, circumstance, I guess, what you guys have created is it really reminds me a lot of what I what I continue to try to convey with this podcast. Right? It's like everybody's got a story to tell, whether that's on a podcast or on a stage via a play. You know, there's many different ways to do it. And that we can all learn something from one another, even strangers whom we've never met. You guys are like the personification of my thought process here. And so it's <laughs> neat that we're we're coming together to do something together like this. So it's neat. It proves my, my thesis. Yeah, we're uh, actually, you know, at some point in the future, we have, uh, you know, we have more plans to, um, there's probably two or three books that we're going to, pursue and um you know a bunch of other stuff that we'll be doing uh which i can't really talk about right now but uh <laughs> sure um <laughs> yeah it, it'll be an interesting uh you know an interesting year coming up so so matt what do other people in your life think about this play i'm sure you said you have two former marriages you got a couple of ex-wives out there that may or may not like being portrayed <laughs> on stage and family members and things. I'm sure that's been interesting. Yeah. Um, my, so my family thus far, the only one who's read it is my sister. And, um, you know, she didn't have too much to say about it because my family really isn't in it. I mean, there's a scene with my mother and, uh, you know, but the rest of them are all like, you know, one, one scene is my first wife who had some addiction issues and uh you know the whole scene is about an argument that we had where she said something that was pretty you know it could have had a huge effect on my life and to some degree it did but um so she's read the play and um she really only objected to two things that she didn't find to be true uh we have had feedback from other people uh, one example is, uh, a woman that I dated when I was in my early twenties briefly. And, uh, she said that I was a drunken a-hole <laughs> 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 and warned cat to stay away from me. But, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. We get all kinds of different things. Every, uh, most of the feedback that we get is positive. Um, you get the odd thing here and there. 
but generally it's been well received and uh, people really seem to like it. That's great. I'm curious about the name of it, Unstoppable by Design. So, <laughs> well, it was going to be. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, we we work in a weird way together. I think uh, we, a lot of what we do is just laugh. And um, so we were texting one day and thinking, like, you know, we, we need some titles. Like, we, we what are we going to call this? And so Matt, you know, we're just, like, doing crazy titles because that's generally just how we are. And um, so one of them was Taco Dip. Taco <laughs> and, <laughs> obviously you know that wasn't going to be it but <laughs> so there were those like you know one one after another of ones that we knew would not be it but um then that's like you know i kind of like unstoppable by design and you know well the light bulb went off then and i was like oh my gosh you know i know that that is the title like you know why have you been saying all these stupid ones you know and you had this one in your mind um, so that's really like, we both just knew that was the title. Like you, you just know, like some things you just right. know. So Matt, you came up with it. What does unstoppable by design mean to you? Well, I mean, it, to be honest with you, the title really came, there was the, uh, uh, article that was written was called the unstoppable designer. So it was just a play on that. But it's come to mean a little bit more to me, like um, that you have to be relentless in your pursuit of, you know, your goals and the things that you want in life. And, you know, you have to design your life to be what you want it to be. I mean, you know, a lot of people live their life to please others and, um, you know, they put too much, I guess, I don't know, too much stock in what other people say. And, you know, they kind of, you know, they live live by reacting to things rather than being proactive and doing the things that they want to do. Um, you know, I, I've been fortunate that I've been able to do things that I want to do rather than things that I have to do, especially recently, because my, you know, my uh, thought process is, my thought process is that, you know, I, I have a limited amount of time on earth and, uh, you know, I need to get busy and do the things that I, that are important to me. And so, I mean, that's kind of where the, um, you know, that's what the title means to me, I guess. That's awesome. That's, that's really beautiful. And I, I agree with that. You, you haven't heard it yet. Cause it hasn't gone live yet while we're recording this, but I just did, podcast episode about that idea right about how so many people make excuses for the way their life is instead of realizing that it's it's up to you you can design it to use your words any way you want but you have to do it no one's going to do it for you so i 100 percent agree with that mindset and it it's that old adage that's that's sort of cliche right like you can do anything you put your mind to but Mm. it, it really is true It's just defining what that means and not making it some pie in the sky, fortune cookie cliche. Like there's a way to put that sort of thinking into action. Yeah, that that's true. I mean, a lot of people get a lot of people get stuck where they are and they don't know what to do and they just kind of give up and settle for, you know, 
what their life is rather than what it could be. And uh, I've chosen not to do that. That's um, awesome. So, you know, my life now is all about, uh, you know, the projects that I work on have like a lot of, uh, you know, they do a lot of good for people. Um, you know, getting the project that I'm working on now is to destroy the remaining chemical weapons that the U.S. has in, in its inventory. And, um, you know, obviously that's a good thing. Uh, I've worked on nuclear projects and uh, things like that. Um, so, you know, I try to, like, things that I do, I try to make sure they have some benefit some in some way rather than just, you know, taking a job because it pays well. So what about you, Kat? What is uh what does unstoppable by design mean for you and your your side of this equation? Well, definitely like a lot of what Matt said overlaps with the the beliefs that I have. I, I guess though I, I mean as if you see the play or if you read the book, you're going to know that it you you can work really hard and it may not be that you can change your life overnight. Um, and I think sometimes that's what people think is like, okay, you, you can do anything that you set your mind to. So I, you know, I set my mind to it today and I'm going to go to work here. I'm going to go to college for this semester or whatever. And then, you know, my life's going to change and it may not happen just that way. I mean, uh, I'm sure there are people that have been, right on the edge of change happening in their life, but they've been fighting so long that they just stop because they think it's never going to happen. So, you know, to me and in the students that I had and just experiences, um, I, I think it's important to remember that sometimes you have to sustain the fight to change for a really long time. And that's really hard to do. I mean, I, I see why people give up and um, I, I just think the by design part is, is putting in the work until whatever you want happens. And, you know, you, you might even like your life might change by death. I mean, you may put in the work and the, the change doesn't come until you pass away. Um, it's just, so I, I don't want to like, give false hope that this is some kind of, you know, snake oil kind of thing that we're selling to you that all you have to do is this and everything's going to be great because um, if you read the story, then, then you will know that this didn't happen overnight for Matt. It doesn't have, I mean, yes, there, there were some things that moved along faster, but he had to keep working and had he stopped at any point that would have been his life, you know? I mean, so it's just like continuing one more step when you are so tired, you don't think that you can. Um, it's, to me, that's what it's about. I love that. I love that. So where, where can people read? You mentioned read the play. Where can people find this? Um, they they can come to the website, may I have your attention, please.com. And there's a, a link on there that you can contact us or you can leave a, a comment message just saying that you would like the script. And, you know, then uh, we can 
uh, get the copy to them that way if they if they're interested in reading it at this point i mean we will be sending it out i have three pay, um, plays published so we'll be sending this play out to some publishers as well and so eventually you know that's the hope that um it will find uh, a publisher and then people will just purchase it through the publishing company like they do my other works but for now, um, if you just want to read the copy uh, or even or, you know, have a community theater or high school theater that would be interested in performing a motivational play with a good message, then um, you can contact us and we'll make sure that happens for you. So now I'm curious about where May I Have Your Attention Please comes from. <laughs> I was expecting you to say it's going to be unstoppablebydesign.com and now you threw a curveball at me. Well, my first published play is, is, is titled May I Have Your Attention, Please. Got it. So, um, you know, when I was looking for a website uh, URL, I thought that would be that would be good for a lot of reasons, you know, because it's my first play published. And also because, um, you know, I, I <laughs> it sounds kind of strange, but I like attention, I guess, in some ways. And, um, I, you know, attention to the work that I'm doing. So I'm thinking, may I have your attention, please, uh, is like, a, you know, inviting people to, like, come and hear what it is that I'm working on. So yeah. I thought it would be cool in that way. And also, um, I do have a website under development called The Unstoppable Designer. Uh, it hasn't gone live yet, but I'm hoping to get that done very soon. Um, and then the play will be there as well. So, yeah. yeah. And that'll just be .com? Uh Yes. Cool. So question I ask every guest on here is to describe their life or their journey so far in three words. Would you say that unstoppable by design are those three words or would you pick a different three to sum up the this crazy series of events that brought the two of you together to create this this published work? Only three? Only three. <laughs> you should be better at that than I am because I'm the least concise person in the world. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think I'm just going to take the easy way out and say unstoppable by design. <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 again, I'm not going to be concise, but, uh, I would, I would have to say my three words would have to be something like crazy, unpredictable twist. And that's how my life is, uh, and how it has always been to some degree. I kind of agree with crazy. <laughs> well, unpredictable. I mean, who's unpredictable? You know? Yes. Yeah, and then twist. I mean, you know, I mean, if I could throw in sappy and uh, the universe and all these things, you know, uh, because I do believe that I met Matt. I, I think I was meant to meet Matt. I, I don't think it happened just um, as a coincidence. Uh, so. You know, that, that's where we differ a little in the belief of how much impact the universe or whatever you want to call it has on things. But um, I, I do believe that that he was meant to be uh, um, in my life and uh, hopefully, you know, for the rest of it. But 
um, at least for the the time so far, I, I just feel like that it, it was meant to be. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you reaching out to share this kind of insane story with me. I'm still processing the whole thing and it'll take me a little bit <laughs> and I'm looking forward to, I want to, I want to get a copy of that script and read it and look for the book when it comes out. And I'll make sure we link up to where people can find it as well. I'm sure we piqued a lot of interests here tonight, so we'll send them your way. Right. So I appreciate right. both of your, your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me so much. All right. That is a wrap for what may be the, the most unique episode of relish the journey to date. So just to recap, because I'm still processing. These two didn't know each other at all. Message on an online website. About a year later, there's a play written about Matt's life. They're writing a book. It, it's wild. So hopefully what this brought home to you all is something I've continued to say from the beginning of this thing, right? Everybody's got a unique story to tell. Matt went from not thinking his life was super interesting to having a play written and performed about his life and a book coming out so sorry i'm at to say this there's nothing super special about matt right and that's okay it's we can all be the matt in this scenario we could all be the cat in this scenario and reach out and validate somebody else's story by letting them know it's worth telling and the more we do that the more we relate to one another and the more barriers we can break down and, and good that we can do in this world and that is what relish the journey is all about so very special thank you to Kat and Matt, it's fun to say, for joining me and for sharing their story. And be sure to check out Unstoppable by Design, the play and soon-to-be book. We'll put those websites they mentioned in the show notes so you can check them out after you listen to this. So until next time, everybody, cheers. <laughs>